a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. And the problem that God has with that is that he didn't command it or institute it. He, he, he only wants images that he commands and institutes to be made. And when he makes himself, when, it, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it, it takes everything away of the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great! One of those times Pastor Wolfmiller is calm. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Thank you. And a little bit under the weather. Can you tell? Because I have my jazz DJ voice today. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, all you out there in radio land. Wait, hold on. Let me turn Get up the ready for some Table Talk Radio. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I like it when I'm sick because I can sing the bass lines really well. And <laughs> there was a surgery to just loosen up my voice box. Hello sure there, that. you in Table Talk Radio land. Yeah, you could also get some t- Glad testosterone. Glad to have you with us, listener. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, take some steroids. That'll, that'll do it. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> you could you could do that uh, bodybuilding pastor type thing, you know, where they they like break uh, a pile of bricks with their head and say, "Ah, oh, this is the power of Jesus," kind of a thing. You should do that's that. That's right. That's yeah. right. Hopefully I should. Church. That'll be my next gig. <laughs> Sunday school. After we finish studying the book of Revelation, then we'll get to phone book ripping for Jesus. <laughs> you you uh, carry a... That was, I was, remember that game that I invented that I was trying to figure out how it would work? It, evangelism or evangelism? In other words, does this thing that you call evangelism have anything to do with the gospel? <laughs> that would be a good example. Does ripping a phone book have anything to do with the gospel? <laughs> No. 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 Answer no. That would be evangelism. That's a fun game. Let's play it again sometime. All right. Thanks for playing, everyone. Un- until then, we're going to be playing uh, some bumper sticker and church sign theology. Uh, how's our uh, worldview catalog coming along over there, Pastor? Oh, yeah, fine. We got it. Let me pull that up here. We got, I think, eight worldviews so far in our worldview catalog. Somebody should probably put that on our website at tabletalkradio.org. Yep. Well, I'll get our, our tech department. Hey, that. by the way, we got these two new mission projects working. Are we, when are we going to announce those? The Table Talk Radio mission projects? Let's let's announce uh, one of them. <coughs> Which one? Uh, Ketchemeyer's deal. Oh, yeah. So we have a uh, Brian Ketchemeyer, my Bible be arch nemesis, has begun work on uh, a new podcast called Redeemer Theological Academy, which you will be able to hear at RedeemerTheologicalAcademy.org here in the next couple of weeks. So we got the website, we got the recording kicking in. We're working on some production stuff on his end, uh, but this is going to be this is kind of top shelf theology. So if you just if you have a ranking of of uh, of, of Lutheran podcasts and you put uh, <laughs> well, like issues etc. Put issues etc. in right in the middle. What is Roseboro? Maybe just a little bit uh, 
above issues, etc., in that he's longer format and and uh, he'll stick with the topic for a little bit longer, so less segmented. Then you put below that you put maybe um, some of the other apologetic shows, and then you have uh, like a, a, a higher things radio, and then you have the God Whispers, which is just you know nonsense. And then below that you have Table Talk Radio, no, no, no. bottom the, of the, the barrel. Then then you have the ground, and then below the ground <laughs> is Table, Table Talk, Talk Radio. radio. <laughs> you know, this is a theology for people with no attention span. Right. Uh, th- th- that's what we have here. But then now, just what's on the top shelf? What what, what kind of long format, really in depth theological exploration is there? Well, none yet. But until now, Redeemer Theological Academy and Pastor Katzermeyer is going to. It'll be a half an hour show, or just you know, formatted twenty six minutes or something, and it'll be um and it'll be in depth uh, exploration of our theology. So this is going to be, I think, seminary level stuff is what you're going to get on a regular basis. Uh, from Pastor Ketchumar. So this should be great. So we'll put a link up to it, and I'll be, we'll be trying to uh, you know, push that. We're, we're hoping that we'll have a spot for it on Pirate Christian Radio, uh, I think, pretty soon here uh, as well. So, so keep an eye out for that. And this, That's one this, of our Table Talk Radio mission projects. Yeah, we are being very missional now, by the way. Missional. Missional. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got another one which I'm even more excited about just because it has a great acronym. But we'll wait till we, we'll, we'll no, wait till no, we no. get rolling this on that. The acronym isn't what you think it is. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so tune into uh, Redeemer Theological Academy in the next couple of weeks and check it out. Yes, check it out. Okay, so I have a theological buzz phrase for you. Are you ready? Yep. Oh, we we're playing a name that church body later too. So you might want to see if you can stay awake that long. Okay. Right. So uh, my Are you talking th- to me or the listener? The listener. My both, theological. I think buzz it counts for both. Phrase. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm going to write it down. What is it? Uh, the recapitulation theory of the atonement. What in the world is that? <laughs> you don't know what that is? Is this Irenaeus? Yes, yes, very good. Um, and I got this off of our, our, you know, our buddies over at uh, Theopedia. You know, our our friends over at Theopedia. I've heard of those guys. Where did that tab go? Uh oh. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> I thought I lost it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the recapitulation theory of the atonement originated with Irenaeus. Pastor Ketchermeyer's show is not going to be like this. <laughs> yeah, he'll be organized. <laughs> he'll have his stuff ready. Have uh, something to say, actually. Yeah, I got an email from uh, from Pastor Wolfmuller this morning, and he listed out all these things we're talking about. Then at the end it said, as a side note, are we recording a show today? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. As a side Look, note, I'm, yes, I'm getting we are. less and less interested in our show. I consider this to be a maintenance ministry. <laughs> All these new exciting things going up: Redeemer Theological Academy, and you know the new secret other thing. And anyway, yeah. <laughs> started so okay. Recapitulation theory of the atonement started with Irenaeus, the church he father. He sees Christ as a new Adam who systematically undoes what Adam did. Thus, where Adam was disobedient concerning God's um, edict concerning the fruit of the tree of knowledge, Christ was obedient even to death on the wood of a tree. Irenaeus is the first to draw comparisons between Eve and Mary, contrasting the faithlessness of the former and the faithfulness of the latter. In addition, I think um, the first other than St. Paul, by the way. Uh, in addition to reversing <laughs> the wrongs done by Adam, Irenaeus thinks of Christ as recapitulating or summing up human life. So there you go. Your theological buzzphrase is the recapitulation theory of the atonement. <laughs> no problem. That'll come up, I'm sure. What are we going to talk about church bodies? I got I got all my Irenaeus here. I got it marked up. Um, hmm. 
I, did you know that? I've read this, Irenaeus. Do you want, do you want to respond ago. to that then, since you're a student of Irenaeus now? Right. Uh, no, it sounds fine to me. What? What? Uh, uh, let's see where I can find this thing on recapitulation. You know, Irenaeus was writing against um, against the Gnostics, which I'm all in favor of writing against Gnostics. Mm-hmm. I know it's pronounced Gnostic, by the way. Just hate to silence the letters, you know? Good, I think every letter should have its voice. Good, because um, I, I, I was worried for those who didn't know that and might uh, go to the place where there's weeping and ganashing of teeth. <laughs> That's right. Uh, to, to stay out of there, you should just go re- and read the Psalms. <laughs> okay. My theological I'm buzzword gonna, for you is a phrase. <laughs> okay, sorry. You need to get on your knees. Uh, Pax Domini. That means, Pax means peace. Domini means of the Lord. Latin, that's uh, the peace of the Lord. Now, so a couple things about Pax Domini. One is it's a part of the service. After the, this is a beautiful part of the divine service. After the uh, words of institution where the Lord's body and blood uh, is there on the altar. Now the pastor will uh, hold forth the chalice and the host, uh, the body and blood of Jesus, and say, the peace of the Lord be with you always. And the response then is, Amen. Amen. Yes, it is. Here, here, the peace of the Lord is right here for us. Beautiful. Now, this contrasts, by the way, to the what um, in the ancient world was so famous called the Pax Romanum, which is the peace of Rome. This can, famous kind of, if you live in Rome, things are peaceful. Can you but say that again? But here we have a greater peace. Can you say that again? You Pax. Out. I did? Yeah. Pax Romanum. The peace of Rome. Uh, here, this contrasts with the peace of the Lord, which is an eternal peace. My peace I leave with you, not as the world uh, leaves with you. My peace I give to you. Uh, in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world, says Jesus. So, Yeah, very good. All right, so are there points available if I use the English translation, or is, is Latin required? Yeah, sure. You can have a point or two. Okay. All right, do we have an email ready? No. Am I, look, I've to, I asked you if I'm supposed to do anything for this show. <laughs> okay. I can the, get one ready. There is nothing expected of you this show except for the things that you normally do for this show, like a buzzword. I didn't have to tell you to do a buzzword, and you had one. Right. Fine. Okay. <laughs> now, um, well, here, I immediately... Uh, oh, no, that's the Lark News. Can't do that. All in all, Table oh, wait, Talk Radio... I have radio. a voicemail. Let's, should, we put, should we do this voicemail? Your greatest voicemail ever? Yeah, that's what I, th- I was uh, ready for. Oh, okay. Here yeah. you go. I really enjoy your show, and I am learning a lot from it. I love all your games, and I play them all the time. What? What? Humphrey? You want to say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a theological question for one of the pastors or Lumpy, whoever. The confessions say several times in Of Love and Fulfilling the Law that the law always accuses. That said, is there any scripture passage that is only the third use of the law? Is there any law passage that does not accuse? That's why I interrupted that other guy. Because if you believe that there are some law passages that don't condemn, then it would make sense to preach the Christian life without the need for the gospel, because it's third use of the law and it doesn't convict. I know, me, Humphrey knows, that the law always accuses because I always have the sinful flesh, and you cannot preach the third use without the second. How do I prove from Scripture that the law always accuses? All right, that's my question. Where, where, where's that guy I took the phone from? All right, thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll respond to that uh, right after this commercial break. If you have a question for us, uh, or if you're 
Um, your second personality has a question for us. Give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, or you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Does the law always accuse that after this break on Tabletalk Radio? Table Talk Radio, disappointing listeners since 2008. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Right before the break, we listened to a voicemail message from Humphrey. And Humphrey uh, was bringing up the question, uh, does the law always accuse? And he said, yes, it does. Uh, but how do we prove that from Scripture? That phrase, by the way, in Latin that comes in the confession, lex semper accusat. So lex from law, like lex Luther, you know. And uh, semper from the Marines, semper fi, means, means always fi. And then uh, accusat means accused. Did you get that little joke? Semper Fi? Got Always it. Fi? Now, uh, if I had a rock band, that's what I'd call it. <laughs> Lex Semper Accusat. <laughs> I'm so glad you don't have a rock band. <laughs> you that used to, awesome. though. Weren't you used, didn't you used to stand up there with the praise song leader? And did, yeah, you, yeah. did you play the guitar? Yeah, yeah. And all no, that? just always, I was always solo. I was always solo. Just me and my guitar. <laughs> and I, so I did not have a band name. Pastor Wolf Mueller and the Lex Semper Accusats. <laughs> Uh, that, that's great. I think you should pursue that. Should, yeah. You, you could get uh, President Harrison on the banjo. I'm trying to talk Hans Feeney, you know, Lutheran satire Feeney, into having a, a Lutheran satire band called Touched. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the name of this praise band, Touched. First album on the inside. Now, the answer is no. The answer to the question is, can you ever have law without accusation? And the answer is, well, the answer is yes, you can in heaven, but not on this side of the fall. Uh, Between the fall and the resurrection, the law always accuses. It always accuses and it always kills. Now, uh, on the other side of the resurrection, the law will will cease to be able to accuse altogether when our sinful flesh has been stripped off and away, etc. So uh, that's uh, fantastic. And probably the best proof from the scriptures would be this verse, Romans 3.20, by the law is the knowledge of sin. This verse is so important because... Um, uh, because there's there's always this this kind of fleshly doctrinal assumption that if the Lord commands it, I must be able to do it. I mean that that's that's the assumption that's governed just about every false doctrine uh, from uh, from the ancient church until the modern church. This is a big huge fight with Erasmus. Erasmus had this. He said, "Look, God would be a cruel tyrant if he said if he told us to do something that we couldn't do, so that the commandment assumes the ability to keep the commandment." The problem is that's not what the Bible says. The law, through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Maybe the Lord is telling you do, to do something so precisely for the point that you won't know that you will know that you can't do it. Uh, Galatians 2:19. Through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. So that the law brings death uh, to the law. It always is showing our sinfulness, etc. So that's the, the that text Romans 3:20 is what I would use to prove it. Yes, and we How's should that, say Humphrey? with the, with the different uses, as Humphrey pointed out, um, 
though though the the law does have different purposes. You know, we talked about curb uh, rule and uh, or so, so curb mirror and guide. Um, uh, though we the we don't get to be the choosers of of the purpose. You know, God uses His law according to His purpose. So it's not as if you can have a law that is only being used as a guide and not being used as a mirror. Remember when we played that game? We played that game once. Uh, curb, mirror, <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. guide. <laughs> and the yep. joke was every time every time we, we had an entry, the correct answer was all three. Because right. even when you're trying, this is the thing that sometimes pastors will get up and say, all right, I'm going to preach the third use of the law this time. And they say, uh, you as as Christians, you're, you're now... Uh, you know, given the the uh, ability as as a new creation in Christ, you go out and you serve your neighbor, and the and the preacher thinks he's preaching the third use of the law. Meanwhile, the hearer in the pew says, "Goodness, I haven't served my neighbor this week. I guess I'm not the Christian the pastor's describing in this sermon." And so now he's struck with the second use of the law. So the point is, the Spirit uses the law, not us. Right. Right. Uh, function is a better translation than use, by the way. Thank you. Because use assumes that, what, that we're doing it? Yeah. Function. How did it say, thir- you know, there's this there's this article in the Formula of Concord on the third use or third function of the law. How does it say that? Function? I can't remember. Hold on. I'm going to reach for it. Reach. Okay. Ah. So one step to the left. Pull it down. Now open to page 300. And, I'm just kidding. Actually, the, the formula would be, much, would be like 600 something. 900 in mine. Oh, okay. Page 900. Anyway, the, 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 uh, this whole idea of the third use of the law is nothing more than the fact that the Christian has two wills, which means the law has to act towards us differently than it does towards the unbeliever. All the law can do for the unbeliever is the first and second use. But now that the Christian is a Christian and therefore uh, set free from the condemnation of the law by the blood of Jesus and also given the spirit that he may begin to keep the law, that, that now the law comes to the new man as a delight, to the old man as a death. Um, I mean, that's all that's going on there. Anyway, right. that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, are you ready for a church sign or a bumper sticker? Oh, yeah, sure. From Houston, I just went past a billboard for a local community church. But you might actually like this one. It's a, uh, here's what it says. It says, less you, more Jesus. Service times at nine and eleven thirty. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, less you, more Jesus. What do you think of that church? I, I do like that. It's like I like my, I like to order the biggie size Jesus in my divine service. <laughs> now I was the thinking, si- what is what would be Jesus. interesting if you walk into the service of this church at ten o'clock, whatever it said. Would there really be more Jesus, or would it? be more you <laughs> you ever found that to be terribly ironic when people are saying that look uh this is this is not about you this is all about god this is all about jesus and then they spend the rest of the sermon talking about you have you ever noticed that like the the, I, the prime example the prime example is uh a rick warren's book the purpose of in life the first chapter is called it's not about you and then the the rest of the other 17 chapters is talking about how you need to do this and that to fulfill the, the purpose of in life. Yep. The irony. The irony, I'll tell you. So we hope that the sign is true. Yes. Okay. That we do. 
Uh, ready for another one, or, or did, you, did you have your uh, your uh, Formula Concord there already? No, no. Uh, uh, I put it away already. I'm ready for the next thing. Okay, so another. Uh, I, I'll go to go to the email then. Uh, this is a church sign that says. Uh, oh, it's a, it's a picture. I need to open it here. Oh yeah, this this one was sent to us by. Uh, um, was it our Moose Javian listeners here? Anyway, uh, this was this was a, a buddy of mine, a classmate of mine, uh, Pastor Jeremy Swim, uh, was called to a church in Canada, and uh, apparently the, these the sign has these two Lutheran uh, signs next to each other. It has Grace Lutheran Church, traditional uh, Sunday worship service, 9:30, and then right next to it, New Beginnings Lutheran Church, contemporary Sunday worship, 11, and then and then the uh, the sign says, Autumn leaves, Jesus doesn't. Lutheran Church Canada congregations. Nice. Oh, what a fantastic contrast, huh? <laughs> There's two types of Lutherans, I think. I, I think it can be this simple. There's Lutherans who are, are who are happy to be Lutheran, and there's Lutherans who wish they weren't. <laughs> Fair enough. You know? So what do you think? What do you so make you of ha- this? And there's so, so there's two types of churches, you know, churches that are rejoice in being Lutheran churches, and then other churches that are ashamed, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do something different, which I think, you know, I've told you my church growth contemporary uh, worship uh, con- uh, conspiracy theory, haven't I? That these great big huge churches convince everyone that they have to do their worship this way, which is too hard, and then the little tiny little dinky Lutheran church tries to start this real hip edgy kind of thing. And then, and, and then everyone, you do two things. First of all, you convince everyone that they should be going to a church that does these edgy things. And then second of all, you show everyone that you don't know how to do that. <laughs> so that the <laughs> yeah. people leave the church and they go to the contemporary church down the street, which says, thank you very much. Yeah. And, and Thanks for and the at advice. At some point, you should, you, should, you should wake up and say, now, wait a minute. How come every time I listen to you, all my people leave my church and go over to your church? <laughs> Maybe you're not trying to help me. Maybe, just maybe, you're trying to steal all my members. But now it's too late. What are you going to do? Look, the only thing that, that the Lutheran Church has is not a kind of hip, edgy sort of whatever. All we have is is the doctrine of law and gospel. That's it. And if we want to actually do what the Lord would have us to do on this earth, we would do well to extol that and nothing else. Right. I agree. Ready for another one? I remember some guy came in into the hope. Ooh, man, this kind of made me mad. Right when I was just a baby pastor like you, and <laughs> and um, and you know, there's a couple neighborhoods uh, that are kind of rebuilding around the church here, and and he says, "What are people going to come to your uh, church for? What what do you have to offer them? What programs and things do you have to offer them?" And I said, uh, "The gospel." And he says, "Well, you know, uh, people are looking for more than that." What? <laughs> oh my goodness. The craziest thing I've ever heard. That's yeah. ridiculous. Look, I don't have anything more than the gospel. That's all. I, that's all. But, but but look, if I have the gospel, I have everything that Jesus wants to give me. It just so happens. But people are looking for more than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got another one. Saint Paul. Right. This is Saint Paul's Apostolic Tabernacle Church, and the, yeah. the sign says, "If you love God, we'll see you on Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that word if is a pretty deadly word. We were covering the terms of the synatic bereath this morning in Bible study, and you have that if all over there, you know. If you're obedient, then you get blessing. If you're not, then 
Whew, it's going to get bad in here. The law always says if. Uh, uh, gospel says it's done. Yeah, so this is law. Uh, is it yeah. a proper application of the third commandment? Yeah, yeah probably not. I mean, uh, if you want to keep the third commandment, you go to a church that teaches the gospel rightly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could have a sign that says, uh, if you don't love God... We'll see you on Sunday. Because <laughs> right, Jesus said, "If you if you love me, you'll keep my commandments." So, yeah. So the church is there. Sunday morning is for those who aren't keeping His commandments, those who don't True love enough. God. True enough. Okay, we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. We'll play Name That Church Body, the one and only church naming game on Table Talk Radio. We'll be right. Table Talk Radio. The disaster continues. Kids, you will belong to the first United Baptist Church in Christ our Lord. We're all of God's children harmonize and sing one chord. You can call yourself what you will. It don't make no difference, there's still one spirit, one body, one church, one faith, one Lord. And we're back on Table Talk Radio playing name that church body this is the game where uh, i usually go to the world wide web uh, to find you know you, you know when you, whenever you visit a church website except for my church website whenever you visit a church website there's always a link what we believe um i, I by the way kind of want to want to steal someone else's <laughs> i asked you the other day uh th- did you write all that stuff on your church website and you're like yeah i wrote all that how do you have time to write these these uh Theological essays like a page on what we and believe. a half long. <laughs> it's not that long, for heaven's sakes. Okay, okay. Anyway, I go to the internet to find uh, some statement of beliefs from church websites, and then I read it, and then Pastor Wolfman has to guess uh, what church I'm uh, I'm reading from. Are you going to read from mine? You yeah. see if I can recognize my own do writing. Do you think it was you a would? Long time ago. <laughs> Probably not. It was when I was a baby pastor, <laughs> like you. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking here on my theology yeah, now, charts. Now you're old and experienced. Body. Right, that's right. I'm here to despise your youth. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I just say that to new pastors. Uh, I'm not, I got no bones about it. I despise your youth. Never mind what Paul says. Now, I found here views of the atonement. Ransom to Satan theory, dramatic theory, mystical theory, example theory, and recapitulation theory. Right here on page 64. Good. Amazing. So do you want uh, points for that? No, I think I'll use it in my church thing. Oh, I'll luck. fool you. Okay, good luck. All right, uh, you ready then for your first entry of oh, Name sure. That Church Body? Um, yeah. We'll start off. Uh, I have three entries for you. Um, the first is the four priorities, and then baptism and communion. So first, the four priorities of this church are, number one, Becoming a pro-reconciling slash anti-racist church. What? The first, uh-huh. the first of the four priorities is becoming a pro-reconciling slash anti-racist church. Number two, 
formation of 1,000 new congregations by 2020. Number wait, th- wait. How many? Wait, wait. So the, that sounds like a blaze. How many? The what? Formation of 1,000 new congregations by 2020. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do a thousand by 2017, us Lutherans. Okay, number three, the transformation of 1,000 current congregations by 2020. What? A, wait a minute. <laughs> it's TCN. <laughs> That's what we're doing too. We're just doing it by 2017. We're just they copy. This church is copying us. <laughs> or maybe we copied them. We just picked an earlier date. <laughs> All right. The number. Then the fourth. Uh, priority of this church is um, the, the leadership development necessary to realize these new and renewed congregations. What? Really? <laughs> My goodness. Someone hired the same consultant. <laughs> and whoever did got it ripped off because they, you know, we paid them all this money to come up with this crazy stuff. And then now someone, they just put a later date on it. Or maybe we got ripped off. Yeah. It's kind of like, hmm. uh, I forgot who, who, was that told me that um uh oh it'd be so much better if i could remember the company anyway some company didn't spend a penny on uh on mar- on marketing research of like where they should locate their uh their their stores instead they just would plant a store wherever mcdonald's would place theirs so they didn't have to do any of the research they would just follow <laughs> follow mcdonald's and whenever their research team would would say this is a good location they would copy them so that's kind of what this church did, uh, or what we did with this church. Okay, you ready for uh, baptism then? Yes. Okay. Uh, just as the baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it symbolizes the death and burial of the old self of the repentant believer and the joyous birth of a brand new being in Christ. Those who are who, those who founded this church body. Uh, taught baptism by immersion as the accepted form. And then it quotes from their church documents. Baptism is a public act by which the church proclaims God's grace as revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through the use of a visible sign of God's gracious uh, gracious, uh, initiative and the human individual's response in faith. The other Christians, sorry, with other Christians, we affirm that baptism is at once a divine gift and a human response. Then lastly it says, Baptism as a gift of grace received by faith expresses its meaning in a variety of images. New birth, a washing with water, a cleansing from sin, a sign of God's forgiving grace, the power of a new life now, and a pledge of the life in the age to come. The meaning of baptism is grounded in God's redemptive action in Christ. It incorporates the believer in the community of the blood, excuse me, the community of the body of Christ and anticipates life in the coming age when the powers of the old world will be overcome and the purpose of God will triumph. Okay. Uh, So you have a symbolic view of baptism, but that's a confused symbolic view of baptism because it says it comes into, it had the phrase there after baptism, there is a totally new being which only Lutherans believe. Nobody else actually believes that. So the problem is, is you've got two problems here. First of all, the person who wrote this doesn't know doctrine. But second of all, it's not written by a fifth grader. I mean, it's written by someone who can put something together here. I mean, it's so it's, it's kind of confusing me how this would be because the person both knows and doesn't know the doctrine at the same time, you know. 
So you, are you referring um, to the, where it says, it symbolizes the death and burial of the old self of the repentant believer? No, well, no, no. I mean, that's so. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of the um, that's kind of the. I mean, typical symbolic view that you find in non-sacramental churches, which are which are legion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but um, but then the idea that the result of baptism is a totally new being, totally new creature. Oh yeah, that so the, uh, the joyous birth of a brand new being in Christ. Yeah, yeah, that phrase right there can only be spoken of someone who actually thinks that the baptism is gospel, namely a Lutheran. You see what I mean? So, th- so this is very, this is very tricky. I mean, it could be any kind of non-denominational church is the trouble. It could be. I mean, so maybe this new being kind of thing is is leaning me towards a, a more charismatic uh, um, church, but I haven't heard any charismata stuff in baptism, which you normally get, like. There's a distinction between water baptism and spirit baptism. Uh, you didn't hear any of that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't Okay. I don't you, know who this is. You got one more yeah. on the Lord's Supper? Yeah. Um, yeah. Communion, it says. Uh, first, it quotes from their official documents. It says, At the table of the Lord, we celebrate with thanksgiving the saving acts and presence of Christ. And then it says, The Lord's Supper or communion is celebrated in the weekly worship. It is open to all who are followers of Jesus Christ. The practice of Holy Communion has become the central element of worship within this particular church tradition. Um, This church observance of the Lord's Supper emanates from the upper room where Jesus shared bread and wine with his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the living Christ is met and received in the sharing of the bread and the cup representative of the body and blood of Jesus. The presence of the living Lord is affirmed and he is proclaimed to the dominant power to be the dominant power of our lives. Hmm. Now, okay. Now that reminded me actually of something that this church also said about baptism, namely that when you're baptized you're brought into the community of new believers because here it talked about also that uh you you have uh, the central element of worship being the communion, uh, and then you also commune with the living Christ. And that's So both of those ideas are Reformed ideas, Calvinistic ideas, that baptism brings you into the community of Christ, and also that you commune with the living Christ. Not, it's, so communion is about the divine nature, not the body and the blood, like the words say. In fact, that reformed kind of nonsense about the real presence instead of the body and blood of Christ in the Lord's Supper, that's what put us on to the, uh, to the heresy two-step. Remember that thing? I do remember that thing. Yeah. So they, they're the first that I start, started to see the pattern of the heresy two-step. You start in the words, this is my body. Then you put it into abstraction, the Christ is, Christ is really present. And then you just kind of wiggle around. So, <laughs> so I'm moving away from uh, I'm moving away from a... Uh, I'm moving away from a non-denominational type thing, and I'm moving more towards a Reformed church. And then with the idea of the weekly Eucharist or weekly Lord's Supper being a key to the uh, service, I think there's going to be only one church that this fits, Uh, one church that has Reformed background but also a high view of the liturgy. Not a high view of the supper, but a high view of the liturgy is our friends, the Anglicans. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh, mm. 
good reasoning, though. I thought, oh, no, he's going to get it. Uh, although I am looking here, as you were talking, I was trying to confirm whether or not this really comes from the Reformed tradition. Um, but I will just well, tell you... Do you have you, one more thing to say about it? What's that? Do you have one more thing to read about it or no? That's about it. I can I can read, read off uh, ecumenical partners in ministry. <laughs> Are you sure it's not Anglican? <laughs> let's see if let's see if their official uh Are they in uh, communion with the Anglican Church? That's what I was looking for. Uh no, they're not even in communion with hmm. the uh at least it's not listed on here. Okay, I'll just tell you. Uh this you were looking for the disciples of Christ. Disciples of Christ. I don't know much about those guys. Yeah, I was just looking uh, at their uh, their website too. Um, I don't have a whole lot of inform- further information. Th- this would be the where the show prep would come in handy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, <laughs> lucky for us, it's almost time <laughs> to go to a break. <laughs> I, by the way, have so- have one for you. I'm ready. For- okay, I'm, well, I'm ready we'll, for we'll, you. we'll get this commercial break and then we'll uh, we'll hear from you. It's kind of like last week when when you let the the buzzer expire on the on the when we were playing Ninja Pastor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's time for a commercial break. We won't have to do any more show prep. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. We'll finish up the game. Name that church button. God's Table Talk Radio, answering the age-old question. If a radio show is broadcasting and no one listens, does it still make a sound? And welcome back to Table Talk Radio. As a bit of a follow-up from during the commercial break, did a little reading on this. And you know how the, the have you seen this, Pastor, that the the, the logo for the Disciples of Christ is that chalice with the little white cross on the side. Yeah, yeah. It says, the logo of the Christian church, Disciples of Christ, is a red chalice with a white St. Andrew's cross. The chalice represents the centrality of communion to the life of the church. The cross of St. Andrew is a reminder of the, of the ministry of each person and the importance of evangelism and recall to denominations what? Scottish Presbyterian ancestry. So you did yes, okay. have the reformed uh, the reformed background there. So well yes. well detected on that. Okay. Thank you. All right. Get loose and get Yeah, yours. these all I mean, I don't know how many reformation movements came out of the Church of England. I mean, <laughs> cuz I mean like 2 minutes after the Church of England started, people start saying, "How are we going to fix this thing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was broken from the get-go. Like every single restoration movement in the church comes eventually from you know goes back to the Anglicans because everyone knows them. This is this must mark this that comment will mark the the um, the beginning of our outreach to Anglicans now, <laughs> <laughs> which begins of course by an incessant insulting. Aren't we? Which st- we started last week with the Roman Catholics. Yeah, I said, aren't we still? Uh, 
on our uh, our outreach to Tridentine Catholics. <laughs> we ought to we just ought to open we ought to open the door broad and say, hey. look, anyone come in. You guys are all fools if you're not Lutheran. <laughs> hey, if anybody would like to be offended, give us a, uh, an email <laughs> questions at tabledockradio.org. Just let us know you're us, there. Tell us who you are. <laughs> Evangelism through obscene offensiveness. <laughs> that's, that's the next church growth method of uh, the mission yeah, of that's Table right. Talk Radio. <laughs> Write a book about that. Yeah. Okay, I'm How ready. To insult people into the kingdom, you big <laughs> dummy. Okay, uh, I, I have twelve options for you. Um, you from the table of contents, oh my twelve. Goodness. Okay. God's model for the church. Two, church government. Three, empowered by the Spirit. Four, building the church God's way. Five, grace upon grace. Six, the priority of the word. Seven, the centrality of Jesus Christ. Eight, the rapture of the church. Nine, having begun in the Spirit. Ten, supremacy of love. Eleven, striking the balance. And twelve, ventures of faith. I would like to hear the one about the, uh, what did it say, centrality of the word or something like that? Mm, centrality of Jesus Christ. No, 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 of the word. Oh, hold on a minute. Something like that. Centra- pri- the priority, oh, priority of the Word of God. Priority of the, the Word of God. Priority of the Word. All right. That is number six. Let me pull that up here. I'm Where on, the, the, I'm on the edge of my seat here. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, here, what? Oh, my computer froze. Uh-oh. <laughs> no wonder. I was like, why won't it move to the next page? It's stuck. <laughs> Poor computer stuck. Uh, okay, so what do you think this church body is from the table of contents? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just stop it for a second. <laughs> what? Is that the end of the show? Whoops. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have much time in this segment. No, no, no. Everything's falling apart. Okay, just uh, just go ahead and, and go. <coughs> okay. All right, we're up and running here. Part, part six, the priority of the word. Quote, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, 1 Timothy 4.13. Another primary distinctive of is our endeavor to declare to people the whole counsel of God. We see this principle illustrated when Paul met with the Ephesian elders in Acts 20. As they were on the shore of the Aegean and Miletus around the coastal area of Ephesus, Paul said that he was innocent of the blood of all men, quote, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God, Acts 20, 27. Now, how is it possible for a person to claim to have declared the whole counsel of God? The only way a person could make that claim to his congregation would be if he taught through the whole word of God for, uh, with them, hmm. from Genesis to Revelation, never mind at this time. Revelation hadn't been given, but no, no matter. Once you've taken your <laughs> congregation through the Bible, then you can say to them, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. This can't be done with topical sermons. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so this is interesting. So um, obviously there is no mention of God's word being efficacious, and that is obvious because um, that's really only, only kind of a Lutheran thing. Um, it, I do find it interesting, though, that that uh, the the meaning of the whole counsel of God is that you include all the books of the Bible. Um, I think what we can we can take to mean when we talk about the whole counsel of God is that um, uh, law and gospel. Uh, so that it, uh, it, if if I preach the whole counsel of God on Sunday morning, I preach the law and its sternness and the gospel and its sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't leave mm-hmm. anything out. In, in other words, I didn't uh, I didn't neglect the preaching of the law. I didn't neglect the preaching of the gospel, um, though I maybe not did not go uh, Genesis through Revelation. 
Um, I don't, and it's just talking about declaring to the word to. to so I, I'm going to need another entry. Uh, let's go to um, let's do rapture. Okay, let's go do that. That is number uh, eight. Let's see here, the rapture. I'm getting there. Man, look at all these is pages. The, is the computer going to freeze again? Uh, probably. Whoops, centrality of Jesus. That's seven. Here comes eight. Aha, the rapture. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of uh, the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13. The rapture refers to that time when Jesus is going to come, without warning, and take away his church from this earth. After the rapture, the Lord will pour out his wrath upon the sinful world. There are many pastors who claim an ignorance of the rapture or say that they are not certain whether it will precede the tribulation. They say they don't really know where they stand on the issue. I don't believe there's any excuse for not having a position on the issue. We have our Bibles, and we're capable of studying the subject thoroughly. I believe that your view of the rapture will have significant impact on the success of your ministry. First of all, we know that Jesus promised he would come again. John 14, we read, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am ye may be also. John 14. The Lord promises to come again and receive his disciples to himself. That uh, is where uh, uh, that where he is we might be also. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, said, Behold, I show you a mystery. A mystery in the New Testament means something that's not yet been revealed by God in his progressive revelation Oof. Mm. of himself, his purposes, and plans to man. Uh, let me skip down here. All, oh yeah. Bible declares that we will all be changed. It means there will be a metamorphosis. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. 1 Corinthians 15. I believe that it's God's intention that every church age be convinced that they are the last generation. I also believe that God's divine design for the church is to live in constant expectancy of the Lord's return. Jesus, talking about this, said, Blessed is the servant uh, with uh, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Matthew 24. Okay, so they're dispensationalists. They think that um, uh, the return of Christ is a secret return where only Christians will, will know about it, and he'll uh, take the church away before the tribulation. I wonder if they know the, the, the kind of suffering that's going on right now. Do you think they know about that? <laughs> anyway. Um, so that uh, so that this is the whole Left Behind series. Okay. Uh, a couple of key things to lock, lock in on. It talks about um, the different ages, uh, so that it said that every age needs to be convinced. Uh, so this is consistent with dispensationalism, that God works uh, with the church through various dispensations. Um, and we're in the, we're, we're in the, the I don't know, was it like the sixth dispensation or sixth, seventh? seventh sixth thing? dispensation. Sixth, okay. So, um, and we've got to go back to the fifth before we finish with the seventh. Right, because we're kind of on Plan B. Six was six was kind of a backup plan since right, Jesus right. was re, was rejected. Okay, uh, I need one more. Can you give me? The, can you read off some of the the options again? Oh, the progressive let, uh, revelation thing was another tip, but again, that's just consistent with dispensationalism. Uh, right. So that's right. You know, that's not a, so. So here's here's a um, something that to to say about that uh, is that we as as Lutherans talk about uh, um, hermeneutical uh, uh, principles. That uh, one of them being that we should interpret the um, Old Testament in light of the New. So we go back and read some of the things um, of, of Holy Scripture, and we, and we understand them now in their fuller meaning because we have the New Testament. But if you are a dispensationalist, you have the opposite way of viewing Scripture because um, 
the Old Testament was first, and then then the 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 New Testament was in this result of kind of this special dispensation, a, a result of this Plan B, if you will. So really, uh, if you're a dispensationalist, you read the New Testament in light of the Old. Yes. Okay. So uh, give me give me the list one more time. Okay, uh, God's model for the church, church government, powered by the Spirit, building church God's way, grace upon grace, priority, the word, centrality of Jesus, rapture of the church, having begun in the Spirit, the supremacy of love, striking the balance, ventures of faith. I'm tempted to hear the model of the church, but I, I can't avoid hearing their view of Jesus. So let's hear the centrality of Christ. Okay, this is Article 7, the centrality of Jesus. Aha, here it is, four pages on that. Whoa. Priority of the word. Here it is. We preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord. One of the important characteristics of <laughs> is the centrality of Jesus Christ in our worship. We don't allow any practice or behavior that would distract people from focusing on him. For example, we don't allow people to stand up individually when we're singing in church. The moment a person stands, those near him become aware of him and begin to wonder, why is he standing? The focus is taken off Jesus and placed on the person who's standing. The eye is interesting because it's attracted to motion. In many cases, I've seen those who stand up by themselves in worship conclude they're not getting quite enough attention, so they raise their hands and start to sway. That's eye-catching, but it's also, <clears throat> excuse me, a distraction. And suddenly people are wondering why they're standing there. What are they thinking? Are they aware they're drawing attention, etc., etc.? I was in a a while back, and they did allow people to stand individually. Unfortunately, what one does, other do. They had one fellow every night who was down in the front row. He was more than just standing. He was really dancing down there. It was obvious that the fellow didn't have all of his marbles, and he no doubt had certain psychological needs. He found an environment where he could do a little weird things and be accepted, but it's extremely distracting. I spoke to the pastor about it, and he defended the practice, so I thought, all right, stay small. At uh, Oh, here, we'll just say a little bit more. Um... This actually saying nothing about Jesus. Yeah, I, I was it. struck by that too. <laughs> so it's important that we keep Jesus Christ at the after two pages. Uh, we keep Jesus Christ at the central focus and keep distractions to a minimum. When distractions do take place, we deal with them and, if necessary, publicly talk about them. Uh, when I was up in Bible college, there was a fellow who would always sit down in the front row, usually one of the most powerful moments in the service, when the Spirit of God was really working in the people's hearts. He would lean down towards the floor, and then he would stand up, hands raised, yelling, Hallelujah! Everybody would laugh, but then everyone's attention was on the characters there. So I told him to stop it. I sat in the row behind him, and when he leaned over to go in his hallelujah bit, I grabbed his shoulders and began to pinch a nerve and held him down on his knees. <laughs> Nobody else had the courage to stop him. They just let it go on and on, and it was such a distracting thing. So we'll just commit battery so people aren't <laughs> doing things we don't want them to do in the service. We'll just pinch a nerve so the guy can't move. <laughs> My goodness. I have no idea on this. I am clueless. So the dispensational so in the end. is, is going to be a lot of the uh, – um, oh, I'm just going to say, I don't know, uh, some sort of a Baptist church. Is it a Baptist church? Calvary Chapel Distinctives, Foundational Principles of Calvary <laughs> Chapel Movement by Chuck Smith. Ah, there it is, Calvary Chapel. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where we actually try to really keep Jesus at the center. <laughs> by You've been listening nerves. to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. 
You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.